Mississippi State has two weekends left to salvage something from this 2022 baseball season. Can the Diamond Dogs do it? Let's talk about it here in the Doghouse on the Believe Network. Welcome back into the Doghouse on this Friday morning. This is your host, David Murray, as we go over Mississippi State's uh, dire situation as they come into the tail end of this regular season and, of course, the Southeastern Conference season. We'll cut right to the chase. Mississippi State is down to one realistic goal at this point. Make the SEC tournament. If that seems like quite a fall off from uh, playing for a national seeding this time last year, well, yeah, it is. It's a total turnaround and not of the kind you certainly want in any season, much less coming after the greatest uh, campaigning program history. But that's the way this season has developed for all sorts of reasons that we'll certainly get into in a couple of weeks if the post-mortem. Let's hope that post-mortem can wait a little bit longer, at least through a trip to Hoover. And by the way, I did request credentials for it, and I have been approved. So I'm going to be in Hoover. Well, that, as long as the Diamond Dogs make it there. I might even go anyway just for a day, just to remind myself of what the event is like and to have a bunch of free Dr. Pepper. But will the Diamond Dogs be there? That totally depends on these next two weekends, beginning tonight at Texas A&M at 6.30. You notice that I'm not going to talk about the NCAA. I will only do so in this context that uh, the RPIs have been updated this morning, and uh, nothing really new there except that the loss to Samford, good gosh, the loss to Samford, two grand slams offset everything State did decently that night, and they lose 8-5, to no, 8-6, to to uh, the other Bulldogs, who, by the way, have knocked State off before. I know some posters are just screaming that State should never lose to a Sanford program. Uh, tell Chris Stratton that. Uh, tell some other teams that. Remind the 2018 Dogs about Sanford should be a pushover from their uh, Tallahassee Regional. Anyway, that loss dropped the Bulldogs a couple more spots. They are now 105 in the official NCAA Ratings Power Index. I only say that because we update it every week, and we're going to continue through the weekend, even though at this point we know what it means. It means Mississippi State has absolutely no shot at the NCAA tournament unless they win the SEC tournament. To win the SEC tournament, you've got to get to the tournament, and right now that is so far from certain that we're going to start running through how the dogs can make it. Well, simply stay ahead of Kentucky and Missouri. That sounds simple enough because State is tied with Kentucky right now and two games ahead of Missouri. As we talked about on Monday, though, uh, Kentucky will have the tie break on the Bulldogs after next weekend because Kentucky took two games from Tennessee, and unless Mississippi State does the same, then all of a sudden Kentucky has the tie break even if they finish with identical number of wins. So the pressure's on for the Bulldogs to win this series at A&M and then somehow pull off a win, maybe two, against the Vols. Tall task? Absolutely. But it's tall only because Mississippi State has dug itself into this situation. Chris Lamonis has been clear on that many times in recent weeks. He said, we're in a hole because we dug that hole ourselves. And it's a frustrating place to be, absolutely. But that's where they are. They're tied for 12th right now in the Hoover standings. Now, like I said, they currently have the tiebreak on also number 12 Kentucky and are up on Missouri. They're one game back of, let's see, three teams, Alabama, who State has a series win over, South Carolina, who State would have a tie break on as well because they defeated the other tied for ninth team, Ole Miss, heads up in there. But when you're depending on teams ahead of you to lose, then obviously you've given away complete control of your own fate. 
And again, with the tiebreak Kentucky being what it is, you really don't even entirely control your own fate by winning unless you just win out. Do that, and state's in great shape. I'm not even going to begin to go into the odds of that because this team has uh, only won three series this season and swept none. So they'd be breaking new ground if they pull it off. Let's go through a quick a couple of quick RPI numbers as well, only because uh, for interest of the NCAA tournament for teams in the conference, um, as of this morning, Tennessee, with their win last night over Georgia, remains number one nationally. Arkansas is second in the conference, 68, but number 19 RPI. Now here's Texas A&M. They're tied for third in the conference standings, and the team they're tied with, LSU, the Aggies, have the tie break on. However, LSU has the higher RPI at 16, A&M is at 23. They dropped several spots this week, in fact. So now the Aggies, uh, they're not going to take this series for granted at all because they got some pressure on themselves. They, they're still trying to play themselves into a regional hosting situation, and a 23 RPI right now would only come in, I think, let's see, yeah, that would put them down in seventh best RPI in the conference. Okay, we will always explain RPI is not everything, but RPI matters when you're choosing between teams with tight resumes playing within the same conference. That's where it really comes into play. Uh, the other RPI teams, LSU 16, as I said, Auburn is 8, Georgia is 9, Vanderbilt has the number 5 RPI, but is only 7th in the conference at 12 and 12. Usually a 5 RPI puts you in line for a national seed, but with a break-even conference record, that's not going to happen. And that, again, is a reminder why RPI isn't everything. For instance, look at Florida. Number 13 RPI, but only 8th in the conference with a losing SEC record at this point. So you've got some teams that know they have the opportunity if they went out to possibly host a regional, perhaps even or score a national seed. I'm one of these people. I don't think the SEC will end up with five national seeds. I, it, I would say at this point, Tennessee – LSU, Auburn, and Georgia have your best shots. A&M, an outside shot if they go on a real tear here at the end of the season. But that means, obviously, taking down Mississippi State. Of course, you know, as I said, State is playing at A&M this weekend. Game times are 6.30, 2, and noon Central. What about Kentucky? Well, they're at South Carolina, who is uh, 10-14 and 14 on the season. And been playing some pretty good baseball of late, so the Wildcats may have their work cut out for them at Columbia. And then Kentucky has to finish up um, at you no know, hosting Auburn, who they go through a few cold spells and hit a few uh, bumps every now and then, but Auburn has just been probably the surprise team in the SEC this season. Congratulations to Butch Thompson for the great job they've done so far. But Mississippi State, of course, has a series win over the Tigers. Missouri, uh, just to throw them in there, they're at Florida. Uh, no, they're hosting Florida this weekend and at Georgia. Ole Miss, as you know, is at LSU and then hosting Texas A&M to run out their season. Alabama, who again, one game ahead at Auburn and hosting Arkansas. So it is possible, certainly, that if State can just somehow tread water these last couple of weekends, that a couple of those teams ahead of them will slip by losing series of their own. Ironically enough, even though State right now wants to stay ahead of Kentucky, we could easily see a scenario where we'd want the Wildcats to win at South Carolina and knock them down below the Bulldogs. See how it works there? Alabama, I think, probably has the toughest road to hoe, besides Mississippi State, of course, with their series against Auburn and Arkansas. So it's, it's not like State can't make it without just a little bit of help. 
realistically, they need to do it on their own as best they can right now. A, because you want to win. You just want to get a good feeling about yourselves. Because if you don't score up well at Texas A&M this weekend, what motivation do you have going into the Tennessee series to finish out the regular season? That Samford loss, there's, there's so many things about it. It, it. And I think the worst thing about that loss is the lack of surprise in the fan base that they lost the game. I mean, think about it. Judging by the message boards, judging by talk radio, everything, a lot of Bulldog fans just weren't surprised that, that the Mississippi State lost a game in Hoover to Samford. Now, I've, I've said Samford's a good program, but when you have a fan base that's kind of thrown up the hands at this point, you really get an idea that uh, there's just not much faith that they can pull it off. So I think in that case, it is probably better right now that the Bulldogs are on the road. And should they pull off a couple of wins in Aggie land, come back home, well, then the crowds will be good again at Polk Dominion Stadium because, A, people want to see if State has a chance to get back in the conference tournament. B, they just flat want to see Tennessee. Are they for real? Are they as good as they're cracked up to be? You know, we, of course, we got to see the Volunteers last year, not in person in the regular season, but in the SEC tournament. That didn't go very well and got up to Hoover and watched them go 0-2 and be the first team out of the, the, the College World Series. So what about the Aggies? Well, they've played well this season. They're, they're kind of a curious team to predict what's going on, and yet here they are tied for third in the overall, again, with the tie break, like I mentioned. And just um, it, it's uh, Coach Schlossnagel has quietly, in a way, turned them back into a team that you really have to show some respect for, primarily because they're doing it with offense. They're the best batting team in the SEC for conference series only. Now, 289, again, that's over the 24 conference games, not the full regular season. So A&M is primarily doing it with offense. They're tops in on-base percentage, tops in RBI, and hits in runs scored, doubles, and uh, let's see, seventh in home runs. And what about their pitching? Well, let's see, they're mid-pack in the pitching as far as ERA, as far as opposing batting average, and... Uh, not a particularly strong strikeout club right now, mid-pack of the conference as well as that. So A&M is just going to get up there and try to beat you with offense. Guess what? Who, do, who else does that sound like this year? Yeah, the Diamond Dogs. We wrote a piece this week about just how surprising it is that a Mississippi State team that is showing up so well in so many offensive categories just is not winning games. Uh, you look at what the Bulldogs have done uh, third in batting average, um, then third in slugging percentage, seventh in on-base rate, uh, sixth in RBI, third most hits in the conference, and only eight hits behind Texas A&M. Think about that for a moment. But as you know, it comes down to runs scored. And there, while, yes, mid-pack is seventh in run scores in RBI, that doesn't reflect how well they've been hitting the ball for average. It gets back to what have we talked about all season? Yes, I see your raised hand out there. We've talked all season about lack of timely hitting, or as uh, you want to call it, clutch hitting. They just haven't gotten enough of it, sometimes haven't gotten it at all, and that's why a team that on paper looks like a really good offense is not producing victories. Frustrating is beyond belief in this in so many ways. And, oh, by the way, yes, this team is still on track to set the season record for home runs, 
although now having uh, been shut out on the long ball by Samford and only hitting one in three games against Florida, that pace has slowed some. Now if they stay on this regular season average of something like 1.8 homers per game, they'll have to do it in the postseason. Part of me thinks that if you're not going to make it to Hoover, then I don't want to see the record set because then it would just be such an irony to have the most home runs hit by a team that never even made it into tournament time. Part of me wants to see those long balls going out just because right now that's the best way for the Bulldogs to have a chance to win a ball game. Can they start cranking up the doubles? Again, they're fifth in SEC doubles at 40, so they're not that bad off. But it's the timing. And you don't even need the – we talked so many times about it. It's not even the double or the home run. Just get one base hit when there's runners at second base, third base, or second and third base with less than two outs. Score those runs and put the pressure on the other pitching staff. You just do that and the Bulldogs are in games. They haven't and they haven't. And that primarily reflects what we we – we talk so much about the offense just because we know the offense is capable. We hate to bash on the pitching staff because we know the pitching staff is just not capable. Yes, State's gotten decent starting pitching in recent weeks. I say decent. Don't say great. But what does it add up to? Not enough because right now they're near the bottom in SEC earned run average. They're, uh, even though they're really high in the innings pitched, they're number two in strikeouts behind only Tennessee. Think about that for a moment. Second most strikeouts through 24 games. But look at the other numbers. Where are they in, say, walks? Dead last. 138 walks. That, that's almost inconceivable. How can a team that has 246 SEC strikeouts, and most of them are swinging strikeouts, by the way, not called Ks, be dead last in walks? I don't know. I, I, it's, it's such a it's such a paradox that nothing about it makes any sense because when you can put batters down swinging or get occasionally catch them looking, why don't you just keep throwing those strikes? Because they're losing their control. It's not like they're trying to walk anybody or they're trying to be too fine. Well, yeah, maybe they are trying to be a little too fine to start games out recently. Oddly enough, once the starters give up a run or two, they seem to settle in and give you a pretty decent – Starting run there overall. Problem being, State's offense takes so long to get going that you've dug yourself into a hole, and then when you go to a relief staff, well, here's the stat to me that maybe says it all. In 24 SEC games, Mississippi State pitching staff has one save. Okay, nine wins, but still only one save. How is that possible? Well, it's possible when you take your best closer, Landon Sims, and make him a starter, which I had no problem with and still don't. I think it was the right move, certainly for his own future, probably for this team. It just didn't work out due to injury. Then you lose Stone Simmons the same day as you lose Sims. You've lost your best closer. Then you lose Brooks Auger, another guy who was trying to develop into that closer role. And, of course, you lose a potential starter slash bid guy in Parker Stinnett, who could be used in a lot of roles as well. Should four pitching losses gut a club like that? Well, it, ideally it shouldn't, but this is far from an ideal year for the Diamond Dogs. 
And the other part of the irony is this team plays good defense, third in the SEC, second most double plays, and boy, do they control the run game. What a credit that is to Logan Tanner, who has only given up, let's see, 10 SEC steals and only 16 attempts. Teams just don't run on Mississippi State. Well, Tennessee will. Tennessee runs on everybody, but you get the point. The defense is there. The offense can be there, but the pitching hasn't been there. And that's why here, as of March 13th, as we start the last stretch of the SEC season, Mississippi State is scrambling just to make it to the SEC tournament. Now, it's been well documented that quite a few teams who have won national championships have not even gone to the NCAA tournament the next year. What has not been looked up, and I shudder to do so, but at some point I'm probably going to have to do it next week, is look up how many of those champions in, say, the last 10, 12 years did not even make their conference tournament the next year. That's going to be a far smaller number, I have to think. And certainly, how do you miss a 12-team conference tournament? Not that State hasn't done it before, but you have to go all the way back to 2009 and 2010 when John Cohen inherited a program in tatters and began the rebuilding process. And then, of course, State won the conference tournament in 2012, Since then, they've had a few good showings, but as you've noticed, it's not an event that Chris Limonis and staff have taken very seriously. They look at the NCAA tournament as the be-all and end-all, and frankly, I have to agree with that. I love the SEC tournament in a lot of ways, but does it mean anything? Not really. Um, Besides a big moneymaker for Birmingham and the SEC, besides the fact that it's just a pure fun event to go to. Even if your team's not playing, it's enjoyable to go over there on a four-game day, watch a lot of games, go eat it, come back home, and think about the NCAA tournament if you're going to be in it, or think about next year, which may be Mississippi State's case. I want them to make Hoover. Again, I've got a credential waiting for me there already. But the Bulldogs have to take care of their own business with the Aggies if they're going to have any chance, and I mean any chance, to go into the last weekend and thinking that we've got a shot at Hoover. Yes, they could get a lot of help, so there will be a lot of scoreboard watching by Bulldogs, but boy, (laughs) you think about what we were doing this time last year. Not only were we checking scores around the country for the RPI impact on our competitors for national seeding, we were certainly checking the rest of the SEC to see if the Bulldogs coming off that lost series at Missouri might still have a shot at winning the SEC. Well, they didn't, but they managed to score that first day by. Now, they were quickly out in two run-ruled games, making more history of the wrong sort, which ironically turned out to be the best possible thing that could have happened to them because it allowed the dogs to rest up, get ready for both the regional and super regional. Another reminder that maybe Hoover doesn't mean that much in the big picture if you're headed to the big tournament. Mississippi State is not going to the big tournament this year. We've already accepted that. Now it comes down to, can they make the SEC tournament and avoid that embarrassing end of the season? We should know something certainly by Sunday night, maybe even as early by Saturday night, because if they start out this series 0-2, you could probably just about bury them for the rest of the season. I hate to say that. I like this team. I like a lot of things about this team. And there are a lot of things about this team to like. But there's not enough winning to sit there and say, this is a team that we can be just cheering all the way down. But they can still turn it around. The parts are there. 
that they're going to stick with the same rotation this weekend. Brandon Smith will get the start tonight. Preston Johnson will go on Saturday and Cade Smith on Sunday. And a reminder again, next weekend, this series is Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Your last chance to watch the dogs at Duty Noble Field. Perhaps the last chance to watch the dogs all of 22. Then we'll start thinking about the Major League Draft. We'll be watching for the transfer portal because that's probably going to be uh, swinging wide open for state without going players. And uh, keep in mind that for spring sports, the deadline, I believe, is July 1 for players to come in if they're going to play the next year. For football, that deadline was May 1. It's already passed. And in coming weeks, we'll be talking about the impact of transfer portal players on Mike Leach's lineup for this coming season. And, of course, um, the basketball. Chris John sat down this past week with a bunch of media, had some things to say about that. We'll be going over that in coming weeks as well. But you know what? It's still May, which means no matter how the season's going, the focus remains on the Diamond Dogs. So focus in tonight on the game from College Station, 630, um, SEC Network Plus, so online feed only. Tune in to Jim Ellis, and let's see what the Diamond Dogs can get done or not. Either way, the Doghouse is here, and we'll be talking about it again on Monday morning as we on the Believe Network go over the situation. The SEC will update SEC standings through the weekend as well for better and for worse. And just stay with it because that's what we do here in the Doghouse. <laughs>